0: is dalton kincaid one of the best pass catchers in the 2023 nfl draft and how did the utes fare at the nfl combine we'll talk about that and more on today's locked on utes you are locked on utes your daily podcast on the utah utes part of the locked on podcast network your team every day hello everyone and thank you for making lockdown use your first listen every single day we are available on all platforms including youtube on today's show we're going to be talking all things utes at the nfl combine how the guys went out there and tested also some utah basketball both the men's and women's teams had a lot happen to them over the past couple of days so we'll be catching and talking about all that on today's show but it's only one thing to start really with really at least to me and that's the that created the most headlines, which is what we talk about. And no, I'm not talking about media rights deals. That'll be on tomorrow's show. We had a fun piece on the Big 12, so we'll uh, touch on that tomorrow. Also, my name is JT Wisda, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. Appreciate all of you who have liked, subscribed, and support our show. On the road to a 1,000 guys, and can't thank you enough for all of the support you've given us here. Also, sorry for the uh, mixed new background, basically. I am, uh, just for these next couple of days, I'm helping out with the Big Sky Basketball Tournament up in Boise. So, uh, coming to you guys live from Boise right now. But anyways, let's talk about Dalton Kincaid. Because Dalton Kincaid wasn't able to compete in the combine, had something with his back that's been tight a little bit. Uh, Ian Rappaport uh, elaborated on a little bit, which once again I just we know how good Dalton Kincaid is. How great is it to hear? You know, Daniel Jeremiah is one of the most respected draft analysts in the game. To hear him go out there and talk about how much he loves this guy and just have him as his top tight end to hear Pat McAfee. Um, to have or just hear Dalton Kincaid being brought up on something like the Pat McAfee show, which I'm sure some of you love Pat and some of you don't love Pat. He's kind of one of those guys that um, very para, very polarizing figure in the media. So yeah, but either way, just hear him on a big show like Pat McAfee. Once again, hear a reporter like Ian Rapport talk about him. It's just it shows you the position Dalton's in, right? And Dalton is in this position because he has confidence in himself and the amount of work and the time and the energy he's put in. And why do I say his confidence in himself? Because this is the quote he had from the NFL Combine. Any ball thrown to me in one-on-one situation, I should come down with. We we saw that last year a lot of times, especially against USC. Um, I think the thing that's drawn the most headlines, though, is the second quote. I think I'm one of the best pass catchers in the draft. Not just tight ends, but everyone. I think a lot of people, especially those of you who um, maybe just clicked on this because of the headline that's going to be, um, is Dalton Kinggate one of the best pass catchers in the 2023 NFL draft? And yeah, the answer is absolutely yes. And I think a lot of people look at that and go, it's Quentin Johnson from TCU. It's Zay Jones from Boston College. It's Jordan Addison. USC It's Jackson Smith and Jigba, which look, we saw what Jackson Smith and Jigba could do last year in the Rose Bowl, not the most recent one. Um, so hey, if Jackson ends up being the best, I wouldn't be surprised, but I think a lot of people in general, like when you're talking about the best pass catchers from the draft, most of the time, tight ends don't get brought up. It's just receivers get the most excitement because what do receivers do? They get the most yards. Now, every once in a while, you have a Travis Kelsey, right? Who will be amongst the top five guys in receiving yards. But there's a reason Travis Kelsey is, at least in my opinion, going to end up with a resume that puts him amongst the best tight ends of all time. It's just something that those special guys can do. And they do come few and far between, but that's the thing. Few and far between means they still happen and they do. How about tra- we said Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson was a high, uh, high pick um, up there as well. And we know what uh, – also, I know there was a lot this year made of what's going on with cop Pitts, but he's another guy too, extremely high, valuable tight end. So all of these guys in their drafts – and Kelsey was a late-round pick too. He was definitely not a sure thing as, as a success plan. And now is, like I said, one of the best tight ends of all time. All of those guys are either – the best pass catcher to come out of their respective draft or one of the best pass catchers to come out of their draft because they're one of the best pass catchers in general in the NFL. So can Dalton be amongst the best in this group? Absolutely he can be. Dalton is a monster. We saw what he did last year on the outside. He was first and amongst tight ends in so many categories, despite playing less games than opposed all those guys. It still blows my mind that he wasn't on the Mackey Award finalists. Sure, if you do not want to give him the award like That would have been a snub in itself, but at least then it's like the Oscars, right? Like at least when you just get nominated for the Oscars, it's like, well, at least I got nominated. Like, yeah, there's snubs and so-and-so should have won, but it's like, it's an honor to get nominated. Like, how do you not even nominate that guy? But that's, that's not what we're here to do. Dalton Kincaid can absolutely be one of the best pass catchers in the NFL going forward. Not just his draft class. I think he could eventually get to that point. Dalton Kincaid is a top five tight end in the NFL. Not, not in his rookie year, but I think, look, I'm not going to put anything past him too. You never know what he's going to do, but do I believe at some point in the next five years, Dalton Kincaid is going to be one of the five to 10 best tight ends in the NFL? I, I truly do, especially in the NFL. It's so much about situation. Think about a guy in Russell Wilson. What would his career have looked like if he didn't go to the Seahawks where he had a great defense and Russell's a very talented player. But if he didn't have this Seattle defense, if he didn't have that run game. if He didn't have a coach in Pete Carroll. We just saw how bad it went in Denver when everything was supposed to be about letting Russ cook, right? So situation is so important in the NFL. Geno Smith, I mean, oh my gosh, what just happened with him and the year he's coming off of with Seattle, if he didn't go to the Jets, which no offense to the Jets, but they're also the Jets, the longest uh, postseason drought, I think currently in the NFL in terms of just making it. Um, but when you talk about that, like Gino goes there, his career doesn't pan out. What if he had gone somewhere else? Would he have been this guy all along? I think there's definitely a chance of that. So I think if Dalton ends up with, he's being mocked at the Chargers a ton. He's been questions about the Bengals too. I think the Buccaneers had spoken to him as well. And I'm sure there's another teams. If Dalton ends up in the right situation, I think he could very quickly be a fantastic tight end on the outside. And it's because of his addition ability to come down with those contested catches to make those acrobatic grabs, adjust to the ball. Phenomenally well. That's what has all these draft guys raving about it. If you guys don't believe me, look up Daniel Jeremiah, look up Mike Renner, just search Dalton Kincaid on Twitter, and you will see all these experts in analysis who literally break down draft stuff 365 days a year telling you why they believe Dalton Kincaid is the best tight end as a especially as a pass catcher in this draft. So yes, he can absolutely be one of the best pass catchers not just for tight ends but for everyone he's a phenomenal option on the outside or excuse me as in the tight end slot for the for Utah this past season and he's going to absolutely dominate on the NFL stage I think if he gets in the right situation because as we said situation is so important in the NFL so look Dalton wasn't able to do the drills run the 40 all that stuff but at the end of the day guys like Dalton like they're when they've done what they can do on film like that's what this is the thing with the combine right and I love the combine we had Jake on last week and also shout out to Jake hash for absolutely nailing the Blake Freeland thing if you guys um, haven't had a chance go find it on my Twitter or just go listen to the episode. You can watch the four minutes Jake spent basically predicting like Nostradamus that Blake Frillian was going to go dominate the, the combine and do with some of the things he was able to do. But um, yeah, Dalton wasn't able to test. But at the end of the day, with guys like Dalton, it's like, what are you drafting these guys for in general? You're drafting them because of what they did on the field, and you think they can do that in the NFL level. And I got no question. Dalton's going to have a lot of success the next level and anyone who has success at the next level. Part of the reason they're able to find that success is because they have that confidence in themselves. And Dalton has absolutely earned that, especially coming off the monster year he just had with Utah and all the amazing games and plays he was able to make for this team. The USC game is simply put one of the best tight, best games a tight end has ever played in college football history. If you don't believe me, he literally finished second in like all time in a in terms of like single-game receptions. Um, I could be butchering some of these slightly, but either way, it was a historic game for Dalton Kincaid against USC that 1st goal go-around. Something we've never seen. Then you see him tough it out the second time against USC, injured, hurt, still making huge third-down grabs. Like we just said, that ability to adjust, whether it's falling backwards, just going to the ground, sliding for a catch, or – just that first game against USC to catch along the sidelines. Dalton is fantastic. He is an incredible tight end. And I have zero doubts he's going to dominate. And I think for especially for the Utes, he was still the combine's biggest winner because he got people talking about him. He got people raving about him. We know Dalton's a great guy. You know, the smile, the thumbs up, basically, the things that uh we all we all love seeing Dalton do. He's he's an incredible tight end, and I cannot wait to see what he's gonna do at the NFL. And I'm glad that everyone else is starting to catch on too. And we were all being like, hey, this guy's awesome, should be getting more love. I will say shout out to Nick Saban for uh, realizing that Dalton Kincaid was pretty good with that, uh, that whole NIL thing with the, the, with the million dollars or whatever it was. We're not here to speculate or talk about those things. Either way, Dalton Kincaid, huge winner from the NFL Combine. And we're going to come back in a second and talk about a couple of the other winners from the NFL Combine. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at Bill Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories then you got to try a Built. I'm still trying to stick with my New Year's resolutions and I don't want to compromise taste, then I've got and I know exactly what I always go with. It's a Built bar. With Built Healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't believe they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolutions. What makes Built bar so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while Maintaining amazing macros, and what's even better is that they're healthy—only 130 calories and whopping four, and four grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now you don't even need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can just head over to your local Smith's or Sam's Club and pick them up. That's right, head to your nearest Smith's or Sam's Club today and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a box of four, uh, four bar box, excuse me, of cookies and cream, coconut puffs, salted caramel brownie batter puffs. At your nearest Smith's, if you're closer to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a. 13 bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. So make sure you guys head over to your Smith Sam's club, or just go back to built.com and cash in on all those amazing deals available at Built Bar. Also, I want to talk to you guys about our friends and the sponsor of today's episode in UCCU. UCCU is opening a brand new branch in Vineyard to celebrate. UCCU is giving away a 2023 Kawasaki Terry Times Four UTV. Vineyard is one of the fastest growing cities in the state. The new branch offers all the benefits of a UCCU branch, multiple driver planes, 24-hour ATM, and UCCU's brand new interactive teller machines, or ITM for short, which provide all the benefits of meeting with a real UCC professional, either in the branch or right from your vehicle. It's a virtual connection to a remote teller with a highly personalized audio and video connection. So celebrate the new Vineyard UCCU branch and it'll win at 2023 Kawasaki Terry times 4 UTV. Winners will be announced in April, just in time for summer fun. Stop by UCC's new branch in Vineyard, conveniently located next to the Megaplex theaters and Topgolf, or enter at UCCU.com. You don't have to be a member of UCC to enter, and there's no purchase necessary. UCCU, love where you bank. All righty, coming back into this one now, we'll focus in on the other Utes and action at the NFL Combine. And let's start with, uh, talked about Dalton Kincaid, who I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm starting to think Dalton Kincaid is going to be the highest drafted Ute. That seemed kind of crazy. Um, and that's not a knock at all on Clark Phillips, who could very well still be Go in the first round very well, especially with the – there are so many – with the way offenses are pass happy now in the NFL, you've got to have corners you can cover on the outside. Clark could absolutely still be the first you to go. He could go. Um, top 20 seems – I would be surprised if he goes in the top 20 right, right now based on just – we're kind of the mocks and everyone's projecting and talking about him, but I could definitely see him going in the 20s. It's the same thing with Dalton, right? I don't – I think we'd be surprised if he was in the teens. But right in the twenties, right there. So either way, but um, so Dalton is starting to feel like he'll go first, and the guy who's definitely going to go second, and once again, could still very well be the first you drafted is Clark Phillips. And Clark Phillips, look, his forty wasn't outstanding. It was a four-five-one was his best one, and that ranks twentieth out of all the corners at the draft. But what did Clark do really well? He well, he benched more than any corner. He had eighteen um eighteen reps overall, I believe it was. I should have wrote it down now is it 17 18 either way at the 18 reps the the most amongst corners is what matters here is really important and uh yeah i mean that that surprised me a little bit i won't lie i mean i I, i've talked about on the show before too right like i've played basketball with clark I've i've been close close to them before media scrums and all those things like that like he look clark is a strong dude i mean it's College football. These guys are <laughs> incredibly strong. Um, I didn't know he was strongest corner in the draft class in terms of bench press, which was um, which is really good. And also for anyone worried about his 40 time, like he was a four five one. I think Joey Porter Jr., who's probably gonna be a top 15 pick at this point, it seems like, or at least a top 20 pick for sure. He ran like a, he ran a four-four-nine. So not a huge difference between either of those guys there. And we know how P- Porter is valued, especially. Um, the other thing with Clark is he looked great in the passing gauntlet, as we know he has exceptional hands. Um, anytime you have a three interception game. As soon as the Oregon State game happened, when we were talking about on this podcast, was that everyone was going to be calling that's the game. Like when everyone's like, "Well, what do you think of this Clark Phillips guy?" This Clark Phillips guy. Oh, you got to go watch his Oregon State game. That's exactly what's going to happen because of his ball skills and ability to make and create those plays, like he did with three interceptions for Utah in that one. Another thing that was really cool with Clark is he was just talking about how he's very, uh, very goal oriented, and he writes down all his goals in a, just a cheap like dollar notebook. Like that's one of the things that. Clark and the coaches have talked so many times before, like Sharif Shaw has about how Clark came in and he said, coach, I want to be play here for three years. And I want to go to the NFL and coach Shaw told him, it's going to be very hard. You're going to have to be do this, 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 this. And Clark said, okay. And Clark did all of those things, exceeded all of them was the best corner in, I'm going to say the country last season, obviously. I mean, I know I got the U on my hat, but I mean, I think I can make a pretty good argument with that too is one of the, as Clark obviously had an outstanding season for Utah, helped them win back-to-back Pac-12 championships, of course. But Clark, outstanding corner, outstanding player. Look, the 40 wasn't the best, but at the end of the day, you're going to turn on the film and you're going to see Clark glued to guys all over the place. Also, um, I know I think sometimes Clark missed a couple tackles on a season, When you're as strong as Clark is, I I don't doubt that being an issue in the NFL. I think he's going to continue to kind of work through those things. And once again, those were very small miss miss tackle issues on the season. So I think Clark um, continued to only help us stop. Especially just knowing Clark. Clark was always such a great interview at Utah. I just know these NFL teams had to have gotten a room and were like, "Man, I love that guy. I want him on my team. How can you not talk to him? He's a coach's dream. He's a great leader amongst the players too. Everyone loves Clark. So he Clark's another guy absolutely won the combine. Um, You know, who else, also was doing a great job winning the combine brand Daniels. So his first 40 yard dash was a five flat, which was the best among offensive linemen at the time he ran it. Then his second was even better. He is. He ran a four nine nine. Look, he tied for fourth overall, Um, And he was two-tenths of a second away from the top time, too. So still incredible numbers for Braden Daniels. And, look, he had an outstanding combine. I mean, he was lights out. And if you're not going to take my word for it, then um there's a great as I'm folding under the pressure right now, guys. I won't lie. Okay, there we go. So this is the the tweet from Kent Lee Platt. Braden Daniels is an offensive guard prospect in the 2023 draft class. He scored a 9.65 RAS out of a possible 10. This ranked 47 out of 1,309 offensive guards from 1987 to 2020 C. Oh, by the way, RAS also stands for relative athletic score. So Braden tested off the charts in terms of athleticism on the RAS scale. A lot of his other numbers were exceptional for him to um we know what Braden can do as a leader. He played all over the offensive line. Um, some people look, I know Jake was on here last week. He was talking about seeing him as a tackle. I think Braden definitely can play tackle. I think he'd be I think he's got a really chance good chance to be a special NFL guard, a long time starter in this league at guard. So personally, I think he's best at guard. Um, you see him even here, Braden Daniels is an offensive guard prospect, according to the guys at Kent Lee Platt or Math Bomb in that ras scale they kind of put together. But all the credit in the world to Braden for as he always does, competing hard and always showing up and showing out. And you know, he trained hard, he was ready for this moment and he's exceptional. Braden is. I I think he's outstanding, great footwork, great technique, good strength too. And that athleticism, that's huge in the NFL, especially when you got to get out in space and make plays on the most athletic corners and these beastly linebackers too. And obviously you got to move massive defensive linemen too. So it is not easy to play offensive line at any level, especially not the NFL where you have the biggest human beings in the world trying to stop you from doing what You're trying to do, and so good for Braden for having an outstanding combine and definitely raising his stock. I think this cements a Braden in kind of that day two range. That I think he's going to go in the third or fourth round, or I should say day two, day three range, right? But I don't see him falling out of the fourth round anymore. I think when you look at his tape, didn't doesn't allow sacks, very strong offensive guard. You know he's a good leader, communicator. Another guy that teams just had to have gotten in the room and absolutely fallen in love with the type of person he is. Um, and then as we said too, like, obviously athleticism, we're now running to the extra cherry on top. So I think Braden had an outstanding combine too. Unfortunately, the U- Utes didn't go four for four in terms of outstanding combines because Tavion Thomas did struggle. He was ran a four seven in the 40. It's, it was the worst amongst running backs and a lot of the other metrics and measurements and all the different things that they do at the combine. Tavion didn't do the best. in, And yes, this isn't exactly ideal, but This is once again where it's the combine. So people wanted to see Tavion. He got an invite there for a reason. and I don't think just these bad numbers are going to deter him. Look, we've talked about it for a while. I I don't know where Tavion's going to get drafted. If I had to bet... Being 100% honest with you guys, I'm not sure he's going to get drafted just because of the way, as we've talked about a couple times on the show, it just seems like things over the past year really didn't go end great at Utah and obviously just wasn't this. And when I say great, yes, I'm sure there was locker room stuff with everything that happened there. But more so what I'm speaking to, especially, is just on the field. The production fell off, and I think that's going to be the big reason that Tavion will probably go undrafted. Now, he's still extremely talented, and I think he's going to see an opportunity with an NFL team in fall camp. And it's going to, and I hope he can cash in and make the most of that too. And I'm still, I'm still rooting for him and hope he figures, hope everything's figured out there in terms of some of those struggles and kind of issues. And seems like some of the noise that was going on in the locker room or just whatever was going on during some of that kind of that weird stuff and period. And there's a, Tavion Thomas is a heck of a football player. We've seen a lot of it too. So hopefully he gets an opportunity to showcase, case that at the NFL level. As I mentioned, I'm just not sure he's going to hear his name called during the NFL draft, but there's a lot of really good players and even a lot of Hall of Famers. I'm not saying Tavion's going to be a Hall of Famer. I'm just saying there's a lot of Hall of Famers who didn't get drafted. So just because you don't get drafted doesn't mean you can't have a good career. And I think Tavion's going to have a chance to prove a lot of people wrong. And, you know, a lot of times we get tricked into these scouting numbers, these numbers, right? Orlando Brown, one of the best left tackles in the league, just starting for the Chiefs at the left side, Super Bowl champion now. He was terrible at the combine caused him to fall in like the fourth round. The Ravens stole him and they didn't want to pay him. So then the chiefs get him and now they're paying him. I think they're a franchise tag or whatever, but once again, outstanding left tackle who was not good at all at the combine because a lot of guys, look, they might not be great at those measurements, but you know what they are great at? It's the reason they're at that combine. They're great at football, and that's what people need to remember and evaluate when they're watching these guys. The film has to come first over testing numbers at the NFL combine. So, yeah, hats off to Clark and Braden. I talked about Dalton, too, for great combines. Yeah, Tavion's didn't go as planned, but... That doesn't mean the road is over or it's time to panic or anything like that. So be interesting to see what the next couple months hold for Tavion Thomas, too, and if he can improve on some of those numbers at Utah's Pro Day. I'd be interested to see if Brayden Daniels competes at the Pro Day, by the way. Um, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on that. If I was Brayden Daniels, I I, personally, I don't think I'd compete at the Pro Day. Unless there was like one or two things I want to do better, I ain't running again. Unless he really thinks he can get that that number up a little bit more. Maybe he can. If he wants to try to get down to like a – He's a four nine nine, right? So if he wants to get bound to that four nine seven, if he thinks he can, then sure, maybe maybe do it. Try to be one of the best times in terms of the best time out the for an offensive line at the combine was that 497 so if he wants to do that sure go for it Braden. but i I personally wouldn't do it i feel like his stock is in a very good place right now that's going to do it for our combine talk when we come back in a second we're going to talk about the utah men's and women's basketball program both programs with some tough with a tough loss each of them over the weekend so we're going to touch on that in a second but first i want to talk to you guys out about our friends at rc willie R.C. Willie is hiring delivery drivers in the Salt Lake area. If you are looking for a rewarding career with a great group of people, come work for R.C. Willie, Utah's largest home furnishing store. R.C. Willie is currently hiring delivery drivers at their largest warehouse by Salt Lake City Airport. Delivery drivers are the face of R.C. Willie, and they're looking for great delivery drivers in the northern Utah area. Compensation for delivery drivers is $24 an hour during training, and our average delivery driver makes fifty dollars to $80,000 per year. R.C. Willy's offers a $1,000 sign-on bonus and hands-on training, including CDL training, but no CDL is required. Many of their employees have been with them for over 20 years with a modern fleet of delivery trucks. RC Willie provides them, prides themselves on going the extra mile for their customers and their employees. RC Willie associates say they love their job and the benefits are great and they love the culture at RC Willie and say it's one of the best. Come make a difference and join America's home furnishing store of choice. Apply online at rcwillie.com jobs. That's rcwillie.com slash jobs. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. Before we close this one out, we got to talk about some Utah basketball. Let's start with the women's program first because, look, they were in the Pac 12 tournament coming off the unbelievable atmosphere and just everything that was one of the great days in terms of Utah women's basketball and Pac 12 play. Um, when they were able to win a co share of the conference regular season championships, and then they go into the postseason in the Pac 12 tournament down in Vegas, you know, you get the quarterfinals, finals going to play a Washington State team that's lost 10 games on the season, so 23 and 10 overall, still, still solid, still a good team. And you know, with basketball, sometimes it's not going to be your night, and it wasn't for Utah as Washington State I ended up bouncing Utah out of it in the quarterfinals. And I also want to say about this too, I think a lot of people are, um, you know, look at it like Washington State, like, oh, you lost to the seven seed. It's such a bad loss. Well, that seven seed only went on to win the whole thing. <laughs> so they beat Colorado and they beat UCLA, the championship. Yeah. Stanford ended up losing to uh, UCLA is a little earlier too. So they didn't make it either. So yeah. Is it, was it a good loss for Utah? No. Was it okay? Yeah, it's, it's not that, not that big of a deal to me. I still think Utah has got a shot at a one seed. Look, in terms of Utah being a one seed, maybe they won't be, maybe they will be one of the highest two seeds. We can break it down this week. It's really interesting, right? I Indiana. Um, or First I'll say LSU. LSU is the one that I think that, because um, we know South Carolina is going to be there. I think LSU will also be there. LSU suffered only their second loss of the season. Um, Indiana. Really strong record, too, but they lost to Ohio State, so for their third loss of the season, Utah up to four losses now, which, once again, just outstanding. We're in this position where we talk about four losses as a negative. That shows you just – if you had told us that anyone going into the season with this Utah women's basketball program, as high as Lynn Roberts and her team were projecting, I think we all would have thought a fourth loss coming in the Pac-12 tournament would still be a really positive thing just in terms of we only had three losses going to the conference tournament. That's outstanding. So that's the first thing there. But um, yeah, focusing back in on the the game itself. So yeah, like we said, that's a bummer that you lose to Washington State. Probably not going to be a one seed because that's the point I was in the midst of making. Was yeah, I think those couple seeds going to be locked up top. I think Iowa's got a really good shot at the um the top uh, spot in terms of one of those one seeds, not the top overall spots. Um, sh- shout out to Caitlin Clark too. I mean, my word, seventeen assists. Yeah, I know that. She's only, I think, only Division One player. I might, I think men's and women's, they might have even said either way, to put up a triple-double in our three 30-point triple-doubles in her career. Absolutely outstanding uh, work for her. So I wanted to shout her out uh, really quickly. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Utah ends up being one of the one-seed still. If they fall into the two-seed, uh, Maryland was in the mix for it as well. So going to be really interesting. And uh, quick thoughts on the Washington State game for Utah. You know, Utes fought hard, but they just – Look, the third quarter of Washington State, they really blew it open, right? They scored 27 points. They scored 13 points in each of in the first, second, and third quarter each. So Utah won. This is where it's weird. Utah won three of the four quarters, but that one quarter it's 27 to 11. So really lopsided in terms of Washington State. Utah really struggled to knock down shots from the outside, 521 to so 24% overall in this one. Also, Utah really wasn't able to find, at least said, the shooting strokes, that led to a lot of those assists. 18 to 10 was the difference. Washington State led that advantage overall. Utah got a big boost from the bench, 22 to 10. They won bench points. But just wasn't Utah's day. And look, give Washington State credit; they made three more shots than Utah. They made three more threes as well. That really ended up being the difference. And we know how the devastating Utah has been with their three point shooting all season long. Neepkins was really the lone bright stop for Utah in this one. Alyssa Peely, look, credit Washington State for what they did to her. But Alyssa Peely really struggled. She was three of fourteen from the field, oh four from the outside. Um, Jenna Johnson also struggled just two points for her. So, and yeah, this just, and Daisy Young at seven, so solid production for her off the bench. But yeah, this Utah team just, like I said, wasn't able to play a complete four quarters. They've done that so many times on the season. And it's one of the reasons they're still going to end up with an extremely high seed in the NCAA tournament, whether that's a one or a two seed is yet to be determined. But either way, it's going to be a lot of fun to see how it plays out for this team because we knew this, the tournament that this team was playing in this year or was that we're all excited to see them in is the March Madness tournament, because look, we knew that they were already guaranteed a spot um, because of the regular season. They had all this loss will do is affect their seating slightly, but either way, Utah women's basketball still on the up. And if anything, you look at a loss like this, it's not like they're going to be resting on their morals going into March Madness. Now, I don't think they would have been either way, but I mean, coming off a loss, is obviously very different than coming off a win. So I, I'm ready to see what this team extra motivated. It's going to be like when we get to next week and, or excuse me, next I believe it's like a week and a half, two weeks away when we get to March Madness games, basically. But um, it's going to be a lot of fun to see how it all plays out. But the women's team wasn't the only team in action last week, even though they had their week come to end a little bit earlier because the men's team also had a showdown. They took on Colorado, had to travel out to Boulder and didn't go the Utes way in this one either, as Colorado got the win. Good job by the Buffs, 69 to 60, getting it done for them. Looking at this overall for Colorado, why they were able to do it. Well, they did an outstanding job defensively. Marco Anthony, one of 15. Lazar Stefanovic, four for 15. Brandon Carlson, five for 15. No one really shot it well. Now, it was nice to get Raleigh Wooster back, who's probably Utah's best player in this one. He was 5 8 overall from the field, 15 points. Um, really running the offense around the show, as we know, he does a great job doing. Also, Gabe Matson. Good to see him back. Although he wasn't really, look, he shot three of nine from the outside. You could tell wasn't really himself. Trying to get back into it a little bit. Although he did have that one surge. That was a lot of fun. Um, a Little bum. We didn't get to see Mike Saunders, but I understand when both guys are back now in the back court. And I know he likes having Boston out there because of the defensive energy and intensity provides. And like I said, I, I can understand that at least because look, he does. Credit Boston does a lot of really positive things out there. And um, like I said, I just think it makes a lot of sense. Um, one thing that absolutely killed Utah in this game, fast break points, 22-3. Colorado beat Utah. So that's one area they'll have to clean up going forward. So now Utah heading to the Pac-12 tournament, and they are the seventh seed. So they're going to take on Stanford. And – Look, they have a great chance to get revenge against Stanford for the most recent time they played the Cardinal, in which the Cardinal came up to the Huntsman and beat Utah. And after that, we'll see what they can do. Now I know everyone's feeling down and out about Utah basketball because, yeah, February didn't go the way it did for this team at Hope this year, right? But also... It's when the schedule got really tough. And I also think we should once again, remember the Utah basketball team that won 11 games last year and they went winless in January. This season is a massive success and a massive step or I should say a massive step in the right direction already from that standpoint. And yes, it would be nice if this team can continue to improve on some things and then go on and do some things in the PAC 12 tournament and then get a good spot in the NIT and do some stuff there. And look, maybe even win the Pac-12 tournament, and then you still go to March Madness and that would be outstanding. I think a lot of you might, those of you who didn't shut off your podcast or excuse me, I'm the one podcasting as you can tell, we're getting to that point where we're at 29 minutes now, but I'll make this last rant quick and then I'll uh, get out of you guys' hair. Hope you all have good weekends by the way. Um, but I think a lot of people are, when I say that and like Utah could win the whole thing, they're like, Oh my gosh, bias Utah Homer shut the laptop off. All I'm saying is this Utah is in the tournament. So, Yeah, because every team's in the Pac-12 tournament. Yes. So, therefore, they have a chance to win the thing. And as much as everyone's going to be like, there's no way they're going to do that. to anyone think Washington State was going to win the women's tournament? Every year there is craziness. It's March Madness, people. Madness is in the name. These kind of crazy things can happen. Look, do I if I would I bet like serious money that Utah's gonna go in and do some crazy stuff in the and in, in the Pac-12 tournament and win the whole thing? Probably not. Am I gonna rule it out and say it's out of the realm of possibilities? Absolutely not. I've seen some crazy stuff. And uh speaking of seeing crazy stuff, especially on the basketball court, um where so I'm gonna be a, a brother a little bit here, because uh for those of you who don't know, my brother Jack plays on uh Northern Arizona. And this does correlate to Utah, so all of you, please stay with me for a moment. Uh, so Northern Arizona's taking on uh, Eastern Washington up here at the Big Sky Conference Tournament at the day I was recording this year. Northern Arizona was the ninth seed. Eastern Washington was the one seed. Eastern Washington had won, at one point in the season, they had won 18 straight games. That's the longest streak by anyone this season in Division I basketball. So who's supposed to win that game? NAU or Eastern Washington? Eastern Washington's supposed to win that game. Eastern Washington, they're the one seed, right? They're supposed to win the whole thing. What happens? NAU, a team that has struggled all season long in late and close game situations, buries a huge three at the buzzer. Shout out to Oakland, Oakland Fort, a uh, freshman guard for the Lumberjacks to making an unbelievable shot that if you guys haven't seen, I, I recommend you track down um, basically to give them a lead 81 to 80. Once again, that's Oakland Fort, a freshman, just unbelievable stuff. So um, yeah, and once again, the ninth seed beat the one seed in a tournament these kind of crazy things happen on the basketball court, especially Utah team that things haven't been going their way. Look, that goes one of two ways, right? Like Utah could be bounced out right away. That's very much part of the reality, but there's also a chance that they get hot and knock some teams off, take it game by game. And we'll see what happens. I'm really excited to see how it will all play out for them the rest of their week. And before I b- jump off, just because I brought up basketball, I do have to shout out my brother, Jack was for uh, getting a couple wins with his NAU team and Be interested to see if they can keep it going, going forward. Just like it's going to be interesting to see what the future holds for this women's team and the Utah men's basketball team. A lot of fun to watch how it all plays out. Just like it was a lot of fun to watch these youths at the combine. Just bring this thing full circle. So. That's going to do it for today's show. If you guys are in the market for a second listen every day, we recommend you check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. This is what March Madness is all about, right, guys? There's big get experts, guests, interviews, insiders, all of them hopping on Locked On College Basketball to break down all the madness that comes in March. Appreciate all of you. Continue to support and like and subscribe our show. We'll be back tomorrow talking about more Big 12 Media Rights Deals. There's a lot of crazy stuff there. or Excuse me, Pac-12 Media Rights Deals. but. In the near future, we could be talking about Big 12 media rights deals because Utah and a couple of the other Pac-12 schools may be joining them. That's on tomorrow's Locked On News. Thank you for listening and have a great Monday.